Welcome to the Set of the Crime, your weekly Florida and federal criminal case law update podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lesnetsky of Shorts and Lesnetsky and Guy. And each week, I'm going to release one episode reviewing the previous week's Florida DCA and Florida Supreme Court decisions, and one episode reviewing the previous week's 11th Circuit Court of Appeals and U.S. Supreme Court decisions. So whether you're on your way to court, taking a jog, or otherwise have some time to spare, join me each week to get your dose of the latest criminal case opinions. Welcome back to the site of the crime the Federal 11th Circuit Criminal Case Law Update for the week of December 5th through December 9th, 2022. And we only have one case to talk about today. It's uh, a published decision, and it is a big one. United States v. Garcon uh, is an 11th Circuit published decision that came out December 6th, 2022. And Garcon is an important 85-page decision on whether the word and means and. Yeah, you heard that right. Uh, only only lawyers and judges can spend 85 pages discussing whether the word and actually means and or whether and means or. So this is an important decision that determined whether the safety valve provision would be construed restrictively, disqualifying a large population of defendants with certain criminal histories, or whether the safety valve provision would be construed more broadly opening up the safety valve provision to a far greater number of people. So let's jump right in uh, to this linguistic hot tub filled with jets aimed in all different directions because we had a, um, a bunch of different opinions from different judges, a few concurring and, and I believe three dissenting. But Judge Pryor delivered the opinion for the majority. Uh, judges Rosenbaum and Newsom filed the concurring opinions. And uh, Judges Jordan, Branch, and Brasher all filed dissenting opinions. So um, we have those different decisions and opinions from uh, different judges, all with different views on why and means and or why uh, and means or. So let's start off with this uh, text of the statutory provision at issue. It's the safety valve provision that is found in 18 U.S.C. section 3553. Uh, subsection F. If a defendant meets five criteria laid out in subsections F1 through F5, then the district judge has the authority to sentence that defendant below a minimum mandatory sentence. So this is a big deal um, because in the federal system, there are only two ways to get below a minimum mandatory sentence, as most of you know. It's the safety valve provision and 5K substantial assistance and the 5K substantial assistance motion is uh, can only be filed by the government. So the subsection at issue here is subsection F1, uh, which states that a defendant is eligible for safety valve uh, based on his criminal history if the defendant does not have subsection A more than four criminal history points, excluding any criminal history points resulting from a one-point offense, as determined under the sentencing guidelines. Subsection B, a prior three-point offense, as determined under the sentencing guidelines. And subsection C, a prior two-point violent offense, as determined under the sentencing guidelines. It should be noted that there are four other subsections that a defendant must uh, satisfy to be eligible for safety valve that relate to the offense that he is charged with. 
So this is the only uh, section that relates to a prior criminal history. So the question before the court here was whether the and that comes after subsection B requires that a defendant have all three, A, B, and C. Or should the and be read as an or and require that only A, B, or C would disqualify a defendant from safety valve? The district court agreed with Mr. Garcon that all three must be present. In other words, in the district court's view, Mr. Garcon would have to have uh, had more than four criminal history points and a prior three-point offense and a prior two-point violent offense to be disqualified from the safety valve consideration. The government uh, disagreed with that reading of the statute, and they appealed. Initially, a panel of the 11th Circuit held that the and means or and reversed the district court, but the 11th Circuit voted to vacate that opinion and to hear the case on banc. Because what lawyer or judge doesn't want to get involved in a good old-fashioned does and mean and debate. And so that is exactly what the judges did. So we start with the majority opinion, and they started with the text of the statute citing to the ordinary meaning canon, which stands for the proposition that the court's job is to interpret the words in a statute as consistent with their ordinary meaning at the time Congress enacted the statute. And means along with or together with. When and connects a list of requirements, it is used in the conjunctive uh, sense, meaning each of the requirements must be met. So in this case, subsection A's four-point requirement and subsection B's three-point offense requirement and subsection C's two-point violent offense requirement must all be present to disqualify a defendant from the safety valve. This remains the same if you start the sentence off in the negatives as is the case here in the safety valve provision. For example, a defendant does not have four points and a three-point offense and a prior two-point offense. All three are required when using and in the conjunctive. So the majority also looked at how the four requirements, um, subsections F1 through F5, are also connected by the word and, which requires that the defendant has to establish all five of those elements to be eligible for safety valve. And both the government and Mr. Garcon agree that the AND uh, requires each of subsections F1, F2, F3, F4, and F5 to be established by the defendant. The majority had also looked uh, at a portion of the provision where they use the word OR in the normal disjunctive sense. Under subsection F2, a defendant is ineligible for safety valve if he uses violence or credible threats of violence during the charged offense. Here it is clear that a person is ineligible if either is present, violence or credible threats. Both uh, do not have to be present. The majority also looked at the House and Senate legislative drafting manuals, which instruct that and should be used in the conjunctive, and or should be used in the disjunctive when drafting legislation. The government, to their credit, made some interesting and creative arguments as to why and doesn't really mean and. First, they argued for a distributive reading where the negative prefatory phrase, does not have, distributes to modify each of the subsections severally, essentially changing the and to an or. 
In other words, the government wants the court to interpret the term the defendant does not have in subsection 1 as added to subsection 1A, 1B, and 1C. So the statute would be read as the defendant does not have more than four criminal history points, the defendant does not have a three-point offense, and the defendant does not have a two-point violent offense. But this reading was rejected by the court because it required the court to add words that were not included by Congress. The government next argued that Mr. Garçon's reading of the statute would render subsection F1A superfluous. If all three criminal history requirements are required, then subsection A, that more than four criminal history points are required, would not be needed because subsection B requires a prior three-point offense and subsection C requires a prior two-point violent offense. So to be ineligible for a safety valve under Mr. Garçon's reading, a defendant would always have at least five criminal history points. So there'd be no need for subsection A, which requires more than four criminal history points. But the 11th Circuit had an interesting response to this argument. The majority posited that under the sentencing guidelines, a two-point offense adds no points where it is more than 10 years old, and a three-point offense adds no points if it is more than 15 years old. So under the majority's reading, a defendant could have a 20-year-old three- and two-point offense, which would count under subsections B and C, but would score zero criminal history points under the guidelines. The majority supported its reading by distinguishing the term criminal history points used in subsection A and prior offenses as used in subsection B and C. The court reads the term a prior offense to include points that may or may not count towards the final criminal history points and reads the term criminal history points to only include those that are actually scored. So a prior three-point offense that is more than 15 years old would not be counted towards subsection A's four points requirement, but would be uh, counted under subsection B's prior three-point offense requirement. The government also argued that Mr. Garçon's plain reading of the statute would lead to an absurd result, invoking the absurdity doctrine. This doctrine permits a court to depart from the literal meaning of an unambiguous statute where a rational Congress could not conceivably have intended the literal meaning to apply. Here the government argued that under the plain reading of the statute, almost everybody would qualify for safety valve. But the majority responded by asserting that Congress may have questioned the wisdom of minimum mandatory sentencing, and therefore sought to limit its applicability. And there are four other requirements to the safety valve provision that a defendant must satisfy even if that defendant qualifies based on criminal history. And the district court is not obligated to sentence a defendant below this statutory minimum. A district court has great discretion in sentencing and can grant safety valve, but then sentence a defendant to a term that is no shorter than if the defendant were not safety valve eligible. The majority also did not look at the leg legislative history of the safety valve provision because it found the meaning of and to be unambiguous. Finally, the majority also found that if any grievous ambiguity remained, the rule of lenity applied. The rule of lenity is a canon of a statutory construction that requires a court to construe an ambiguous criminal statute narrowly in favor of the defendant. So with that the 23 and 23 pages of discussion, 
The law of the 11th is now that and means and. And a defendant is not ineligible for safety valve based on criminal history unless they have four criminal history points, a prior three-point offense, and a prior two-point violent offense. But we won't stop there. We have another 52 pages of discussion on this deeply divided topic. So Judge Rosenbaum gave a concurring decision stating that she would affirm based on the rule of lenity. Judge Rosenbaum agreed with the dissent that the statutory intent seems to support the argument that Congress meant to use or rather than and when drafting the statute, making any of the three subsections a disqualifying provision. And the word and is conjunctive, requiring all three subsections to be satisfied. So Judge Rosenbaum does not believe that the statute gives adequate notice to defendants what will disqualify them. And it is possible, although unlikely, that Congress intended the and to be conjunctive. In her view, this makes the statute grievously uh, ambiguous, requiring the application of the rule of lenity. So she concurred based on the application of that rule. We next turn to Judge Newsom. Judge Newsom concurred with the majority opinion, but added another reason for rejecting the government's argument that interpreting the and would result in surplusage of subsection A's requirement of at least four total criminal history points. Judge Newsom argues that the anti-surplusage canon should not come into play at all because the text of the statute is unambiguous, and means and. In his view, canons are not rigid rules, and a court's obligation is to the text, not to the canons per se. In his words, no amount of canon-based massaging could make white mean black or up mean down, and no amount of massaging can make and mean or. If Congress made a mistake, then it's their job to fix it. So the first of the two uh, or the three dissenting opinions came from Judge Jordan. Judge Jordan conceded that and is generally used in the conjunctive, but then lays out case law examples where courts have interpreted and to mean or. He provided an example. The clerk requires A, B, and C. In his view, that statement can be interpreted as requiring all three or any one of the three. Judge Jordan then went through the legislative history of the safety valve provision, explaining how it was meant to prevent offenders with prior criminal histories, originally more than one criminal history point, from being sentenced below minimum mandatory uh, sentences, and then how Congress amended the statute in the First Step Act to broaden who can qualify for safety valve while still limiting relief to those with little or no criminal history. So Judge Jordan relied on the legislative history and his interpretation of the common sense application to conclude that the and meant or. Judge Branch dissented on the basis that the majority's opinion was at odds with the structure and context of the statute, and because that interpretation creates two surplusage problems in her view. In Judge Branch's view, although and is generally conjunctive, that general interpretation is rebuttable. Judge Branch believes that reading the and in the conjunctive makes the first subsection requiring four total criminal history points to be surplusage in relation to the second two subsections, which in her view will always result in more than four criminal history points. Judge Branch takes a looser view of applying the plain text of the statute. She also disagreed with the majority's view that although old prior convictions may not be counted under the guidelines, they still apply under subsection B and C of the safety valve statute, 
thereby not making subsection A superfluous. In Judge Branch's view, this interpretation violates the plain text by ignoring the term as determined under the guidelines, which in her view means that only points scored under the guidelines would disqualify a person from safety valve. So in her view, if an offense was 20 years old, it wouldn't apply to the criminal history points and it wouldn't apply to the safety valve eligibility. And although Judge Branch did not believe that the absurdity canon comes into play, she did outline the problems with the majority's applicability of the statute. A defendant can have any number of prior criminal history points and still qualify for safety valve as long as they don't have one prior three-point offense and one prior two-point violent offense. So a defendant can have a ton of two-point violent offenses but no three-point offenses and still qualify. Or a defendant can have several three-point offenses and no two-point violent offenses and still qualify. But a defendant could have one three-point offense and one two-point violent offense and not qualify. In real-world terms, defendant A could have been to prison six times and have 30 prior convictions, but no convictions for any violent offenses, and he would qualify for safety valve. While defendant B has one very old prior unarmed robbery and one very old prior theft conviction where he was sentenced to 13 months and he would not qualify for safety valve. Judge Branch also does not believe that there is an, a grievous ambiguity in the statute and therefore would not apply the rule of lenity. The dissent brings up good points about how this poorly written statute is going to cause some real world problems. But as the majority noted, a district judge has great discretion to sentence a defendant pursuant to the 3553A factors. Safety valve merely drops the floor. It doesn't drop the ceiling. Judge Brasher gave the next dissenting opinion, and it wasn't so much an opinion as it was a directive to district judges to not sentence certain safety valve eligible defendants below the minimum mandatory. Judge Brasher took the scenic route by diverting through the murky swamps of the categorical approach United States v. Taylor, and whether prior offenses qualified as predicate offenses under the Armed Career Criminal Statute. He lamented how a defendant who attempts a robbery and shoots and kills a victim during an attempted robbery would not have a predicate ACCA conviction, because attempted robbery does not qualify, while a successful robbery that occurred by passing a teller or a note would qualify. And here Judge Brasher lamented how a defendant with one decades-old three-point violent felony conviction could receive a lower sentence than a defendant with one single three-point nonviolent offense and one two-point violent uh, misdemeanor. In Judge Brasher's view, uh, he raised constitutionality concerns with a trend towards what he believes is arbitrary sentencing. So Judge Brasher gave a directive to district judges not to sentence defendants with serious and violent criminal histories below the minimum mandatory, even if they qualify for safety valve. So with all of the judges being heard, the 11th Circuit sided with Mr. Garcon and read and to mean and. The 11th Circuit joined the 9th Circuit, and those two circuits are now at odds with the 5th, 7th, and 8th Circuits all of which have found that the safety valve provision only requires one of the three subsections to disqualify a defendant. Four uh, total criminal history points, one three-point offense, or one two-point violent offense. So this circuit conflict should eventually make its way up to the Supreme Court. 
But as of now, in the 11th Circuit, uh, a defendant is eligible for the uh, safety valve provision if they do, if they qualify under the other four sections and they don't have four total criminal history points, uh, not including one point offenses, they don't have a three point prior uh, conviction, and they don't have a prior two point violent offense. So, case affirmed. And that's a wrap. I'm your host, Jeremy Lesnetsky with Shorstein, Lesnetsky, and Guyon. And this was another episode of the Site of the Crime podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like button. And if you'd like to keep up to date on all the latest criminal law cases, subscribe to the Site of the Crime. And if you like the show, please review us. This will help your colleagues find us, and they too can stay up to date. Each week, we'll release separate Florida and federal criminal law episodes with the previous week's court opinions. Look in the episode description for timestamps for each case in each jurisdiction. Thanks for joining us at the site of the crime.